Hello and uh, welcome to episode four of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. I am joined in the virtual parlour today by a fellow lady podcaster. I say lady, obviously neither of us are really ladies. <laughs> we, can, we can take that as a given. Uh, Laura, this is Laura from Geek Trust, everybody. I'm doing a wave, you can't see. Anyway. Hi, I'm waving back. Hooray! Oh, how's it hanging? Pretty good. Good, good, good. Excited to be here. <laughs> you're just about getting here because of yet again technical issues i tell you what one day i'm just gonna like throw all my computers out the window and record this via like morse code and <laughs> then because i'll get voice actors in to play the pair of us oh <laughs> uh, i want to i want to be played by somebody with a much better voice than mine. Something, you know, kind of husky, but not like Kathleen Turner. Not that bad. <laughs> yeah, not quite that bad. Who would like to play me? Because I, I guess like, I've got one of those voices. I um, I did a clinic the other day with some patients I don't normally see because it was uh, I was covering somebody. And uh, nearly everybody made some sort of comment about, oh, not from around here, are you with that accent? And I was like, oh, shut up. It's a perfectly cromulent accent. <laughs> Uh, there's a reference that a few people hopefully should get. Anyway, uh, that's actually one of the the I I'm bad at Simpsons references, even though I did watch it for a really long time. But I get that one. I like the word cromulent. I feel like it should be a word. Good word, yeah. I just I had gotten a friend a T-shirt that says "perfectly cromulent" on it, and she was <laughs> overjoyed. <laughs> that is a pretty good word. Well, before I start going off on a Simpsons ramble, um, <laughs> we should probably just start talking about things that are a little more up to date, maybe. <laughs> I'm going to throw the ball at you, though, first. So if you say something now that's not from very recently, <laughs> I'm going to be quite impressed, <laughs> just so you know. Well, I just figure we should just start off with talking about the adventures and that. All right. Fun. <laughs> well, I will preface this whole thing by saying, though, I refuse to refer to it with the English title because it's stupid. <laughs> Bloody Avengers. For those of you who don't know, it's been renamed Avengers Assemble over here because apparently Britons are too stupid to know that the Avengers film is not about the old, like, Avengers TV show. Because when I see a poster with Captain America and Hulk on it, I immediately think of that old TV show. (laughs) There are some people who are, like, over the age of, like, 60 or whatever, and they're going to the theatre, and they're like, one for the Avengers. And they sit down, and they're like, what the hell? Where's Mrs. (laughs) Peel? Somebody once told me I looked like Emma Peel and I was really, really chuffed. <laughs> then he went, That's fantastic. Fit. But then he also said, I think it's your eyebrows. And I was like, oh, <laughs> is that it then? Oh, thanks, I, would just take, I would just take whatever. I have that. I've got good eyebrows. <laughs> Maybe. There we go. Anyway, the actual Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> oh god i'm gonna do you know what you can start because i think once if i start i won't i won't shut up uh i don't even know what to say okay i'm gonna start with this because it was legitimately really really funny right that wasn't just oh, me yeah you know, everybody in the theater was laughing hysterically at stuff it was brilliant i wasn't <clears throat> those of you who listened to the last episode will know that i had more reservations about the avengers because i was worried that the team wouldn't really work together as a team in the film but also as a team in terms of actors because no offence to Chris Hemsworth and, and co, but they're not really Danny Jr. standards. 
that's yeah. a horrible thing to say. So well, Mark Ruffalo is. I mean, yeah, you have yeah, to give definitely. credit to Mark Ruffalo. He's brilliant. <laughs> and everybody else is, I mean, they're young. Like, they don't have the experience that, you know, those other actors have. So, mm-hmm. But I was really worried that it would be really jarring and not just think, oh. But um, that was not even slightly the case because it was fucking brilliant. <laughs> I feel like I should just get a little bit of salt and pour them on my words from my last episode. <laughs> just eat them all up. Because, oh, so good. Me and Rich, we went to a cinema in Birmingham called The Electric. And we uh, we rented a sofa. So I watched it sat on a sofa drinking a hot chocolate. <laughs> that is awesome. I am so classic. If you ever come to Birmingham, I'm taking you to The Electric. It's like the best thing ever. Oh, my God. I was sitting on this sofa just watching this film thinking, okay, this might be the greatest day of my life, excluding my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a good film. Such a good film i was i was a bit concerned about hawkeye mostly because of all the characters in it he's pretty much the only one who hasn't received any sort of backstory and appeared in thor for about five seconds and i was a bit worried that everybody would just be going who's this guy what's (laughs) what's happening but i think they did pretty well to kind of address the fact that he was there but that you didn't actually really need to know much more than this guy is fucking good with a bow and arrow yeah (laughs) mint with a bow and arrow in fact and uh, and i've got to say the film was full of totty god yeah god i've got such a crush on mark ruffalo now it's ludicrous <laughs> absolutely i think i've got a thing for guys with glasses because i think they'll just look really smart and i really like smart men <laughs> i was watching that film and i was like cool you're a bit fit ain't ya mm. <laughs> i had a crush on mark ruffalo like like i don't know when he first kind of started becoming famous and then it was like oh well now he's kind of old <laughs> See, I think that might be just a bit of a creepy perv that <laughs> fancies older men. I don't know. Um, don't... No, because no, like I said, because now I think he's cute again, and uh, it's just—it's like I never really found Chris Evans attractive until he was Captain America, and now I'm like, oh, Chris Evans. <laughs> he's beautiful. Mm. <laughs> I feel the same though, because when he was in Fantastic Four, I was like, eh, he's a guy with a face. Um, right. <laughs> But then, but then in Captain, I don't know. Maybe it's because I've just like caps. I, I love cap. But yeah. I think another thing I was going to say about the Avengers is that I think I wasn't particularly enamoured with the Captain America film, possibly because I had ludicrously high standards for oh, it. Really? Because that's my that's actually my favourite of the Marvel movies. Um, it's not as good a movie I think as the first Thor, as the first Iron Man movie, mm-hmm. but it entertains me the most. Yeah, because I think um, Nick, who I had on last episode, summed it up the best when he said that it felt like all the best bits and all the bits of Cap sort of adventuring around and, you know, that would have been really good was that sort of tiny montage um, sort of towards the middle where he's like, I would have liked to have seen more of that sort of stuff going on. And I don't... Although I thought Chris Evans was really good, I wasn't entirely enamoured with the dialogue in the. F- I didn't think it was very well written, <laughs> but I thought Cap in Avengers was much much better, like much more like how I envision Steve Rogers to be. Well, I mean, it, it's kind of it's kind of a different scenario for him because I guess where you know you read the Captain America comics too, right? Yeah, right. I, I thought we both did. So like we're both kind of used to reading like the kind of man out of time Captain America, mm-hmm. and like the first you know the Captain America movie was very much kind of like young kid in World War Two. It's kind of almost a different character. Yeah. So, but I, yeah, all that dialogue was written by Joss Whedon too. So, <laughs> really? Yeah. So he wrote. I mean, he pretty much wrote the dialogue for the character in both in both movies. That's really weird. Because I thought, um, like, as soon as I came out of the cinema seeing the Avengers, I was immediately on Twitter, as you do. <laughs> 
I didn't spoil anything because I'm not that kind of girl. But I just immediately went on Twitter and went, that's how you write Hulk and Captain America. Fucking hell. And then <laughs> uh, now I feel a bit stupid. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, because I guess I, he didn't like write the movie. He just went and rewrote all the dialogue because they wanted somebody to rewrite the dialogue. So he was like, OK, I'll do it. But yeah. Oh, the Hulk, man, finally. Good lord. I mean, after I suppose it must have been really difficult for Mark Ruffalo, given the fact that two of the guys have played Hulk before with other writers and other directors. I mean, like, there's just been no sort of cohesion between any of it. But, But Ruffalo, like, I totally bought as being, not only being the Hulk, but like... It kind of almost made me forget that two other people have been, if that makes any sort of sense. Yeah, I wasn't sitting there, like, comparing him to anybody at all. No. Although I can't say that I particularly like the other two Hulk, you know, the other Hulk movies. So I thought they were each half of a really good movie. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> if I could somehow edit them together, I think I would be happy. <laughs> I do think that the problem with the second one was that the majority of the story was he's on the run. And after like half an hour, you're like, bored now, can something happen, please? Of course, then Abomination shows up and something awesome happens. But still. <laughs> no, it's uh, oh, just the Avengers. What? Okay, I'm going to like give away a big spoiler right now. Do it. I think that the the moment in the movie that just completely you know this uh, okay this is like totally why didn't anybody ever think of that before with the hulk was when he says i'm always angry yes oh as soon as that, i said that that's just brilliant and we both went yes because it makes perfect sense there is no way you would be able to control your anger for certain little things if you weren't always at a certain level of mad that you could deal with it if that makes sense yeah no i i agree i mean it, it's like i never thought of that but yes that makes perfect sense perfect sense i thought the whole sort of yeah just he was just absolutely perfect the weird thing about that was that just before we went to see the avengers me and rich watched my favorite film ever eternal sunshine of the spotless mind and mark ruffalo's in that and i just was like oh he's all right he's good enough actor and he i suppose suppose he might make an all right hulk <laughs> i should just stop having opinions before i've seen things really because <laughs> felt a bit stupid afterwards when Rich was like so yeah Mark Ruffalo was awesome wasn't he I was like, yeah he was <laughs> uh, I just thought the whole film was just I thought they got the tone down really well because it had that sort of mix like the comics the mix between the action and the comedy and the drama and the you know yeah and it's it- kind of like what sets it apart from okay one of the reasons why i'm not looking forward to the new spider-man movie is because it looks like a batman movie right it looks like hey we saw the dark knight and we're just gonna try to make something like that which we already have the dark knight we don't need to do that to spider-man you know i would have got like i I don't know it just feels like they should have gone completely in the other direction and it just feels like when they made like the avengers and even the other like marvel movies that they said well we can't you know, we're not going to be Batman, we're going to be our own thing, and how we're going to define it is we're going to be funny. And this movie just kind of took that, like, this was really funny. But not in, like, a we're trying to be funny kind of way, just in, like, a natural sort of situation sort of way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do think Joss Whedon's very good at that. Like, when you look at Buffy and things, the, the comedy's very sort of normal person-y, if that makes sense. Like, it never feels like a joke that nobody right. come up with on that sort of, like, you know, it's, it's yeah. spur of the moment kind of thing, where you don't feel like somebody has sat 
and thought about that a lot and then written it down for someone else to say. It's very natural feeling right. comedy. And I thought that's... I mean, there was one bit, because I think there was a few sort of standout comedy moments in, in the Avengers that were just awesome. But there was one line that, that Captain America had. And I'm not going to spoil it for people because it's mean. But it was just like the, exactly what you would imagine him saying. And it just fits so perfectly. And I couldn't help but burst out laughing. So just thought, oh. Okay, I don't want to spoil it either. But I already said the one, the one Hulk thing. I completely spoiled that. But was it the scene where they're all talking like about like sciencey stuff? Yes. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> and that was like the thing. It wasn't. It wasn't like a joke. It wasn't like him trying to make a joke. Mm-hmm. It was just a funny situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's some stuff that the Hulk does that's just <sighs> completely perfect, like completely in character and not like you know not like there to be funny, haha. But it just turns out so hilarious. Mm-hmm. I thought oh, I just thought it, I have to see it again. I was gonna. I was supposed to go and see it with my mom this morning, but she's rubbish and decided she hates me and didn't want to come. That's not true. <laughs> I just thought I'd make everyone feel sorry for me. But I'm blatantly gonna have to go and see it again because it was yeah, like it's funny because like marvel films aside from iron man and and the older spider well say the older they're not even that old uh spider-man films i haven't like I've, I've enjoyed them in the sense that like i've never come out of the cinema and thought god what a waste of my life and um, right. but i've never like you know i've never sought out to watch them again like thor was good and i've watched it again since only because it's been on sky movies and nothing else has been on but i've usually been reading comics or whatever while it's like on in the background i'm not i haven't been like a hundred percent desperate to see any of them again whereas avengers i would quite happily have just gone right back into the cinema and sat down and watched it again <laughs> except well, i no, they weren't. i completely admit that i've watched captain america like i watched it in theaters and then i got the i got the blu-ray and i watched it like three times since then <laughs> <laughs> see i wish i liked it that much because cap's one of my favorite characters but i think that might have been why i was i don't know a bit let down and he's one of my favorite characters too for me it was like exactly the captain america movie that i wanted to see i you know i really kind of want i wanted you know i wanted that kind of cheesy world war ii thing going on like for at least for the first captain america movie so i got exactly what i paid for i guess oh i'm jealous now or, that you enjoyed it <laughs> or i just really liked chris evans that much <laughs> <laughs> he is a bit beautiful. I I admit that like I watched like one of the main reasons why I watched Thor like multiple times is because of Chris Hemsworth taking off his shirt. Like I'm not going to be a lie. I tell you what, that guy, what's funny about him is that when he used to be in Home and Away, I don't know if you've ever seen that, it's an absolutely terrible soap from Australia. He used to be in that and my mom and nan and sister used to watch it, so obviously I'd catch it every now and again. And they used to like drool over that guy, like, God, he's so fit. And I'm like, oh, come on, people, please get a grip. Like, he's all right. <laughs> he's all right. Of course, then he, you know, buffs up a bit and gets a bit of face fuzz and I'm like dribbling everywhere. Like, uh, who's got a hanky? dabbing at my face that he's he's got i don't know what it is about um like superhero films but they tend to really pick some toy i remember when i went to see um x-men origin well, don't, wolverine don't they have to be really good looking i well, mean come I on i suppose they have to but <laughs> i do remember watching uh wolverine though and thinking like is there an ugly person in this <laughs> <laughs> my god taylor kitsch is coming at my face and then there's like hugh jackman all up in there and then Ryan it's Russell. true i remember like i don't think like i don't really find like liam shriver that attractive but like i remember thinking like he's way too attractive to play saber too yeah i was watching that and i was just thinking you know i've never been attracted to this guy before now i am <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just something about playing comic book characters that i like i don't know bit weird um <laughs> yeah no if that's a fetish then i have it too so <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> 
<laughs> Let's not tell our other halves. Um, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to, to mention about the Avengers was the trailers that I got when I was there. One of them was the for the new uh, Spider-Man. And I wondered, if you, have you seen the trailer for that? Yeah. Because I'm intrigued to know your thoughts, because as far as I'm concerned, my biggest issue with doing this is that I don't see the point in remaking a film unless... I don't know, say the film's like 70 years old and, you know, remaking it could totally change the look and the feel of it in terms of CGI or whatever. Like, remaking Total Recall makes sense because as as much as I love, like, the cheesy 80s graphics and stuff, it looks so 80s, it's ridiculous, and CGI has come so far that they could make that film look fucking top tits fantastic. But with Spider-Man... The fact that you treat Total Recall like it's old just really kind of <laughs> emphasizes the difference of an, in our age. <laughs> I mean old in terms of like effects and stuff. Well yeah, now I know. I'm just technology. There you go. But the thing about Spider-Man, like for me, is I don't I genuinely do not see the point in remaking it because the other the three that, you know, with Toby Maguire are so good and visually so brilliant and so well written and directed and for the most part acted that I don't I don't see how you can improve on it by doing it again with other people. Like it's not you know the it's not like the films of age and we've come so far in technology that you right. could look even more smashing. I just, I genuinely don't see the point of it. And I watched the trailer and I, I t- t- turned to Rich and I said, not even a little bit excited about this. And I love Spider, yeah. so I should be. But like, it just, it just came up like he came off as such an emo twat <laughs> with his hood up at school, just looking like a right div. And I was like, mate, no, that's not what Peter Parker's like, right? Get a grip. <sighs> it's tough for me because Spider-Man has been my favorite character in like any medium since I was a toddler, like since as long as I can remember. And so like when the first Spider-Man movie came out, it literally felt like something I'd like waited my whole life to see. And while those movies don't have everything that I could have possibly wanted, you know, I have a, I really, really enjoyed the first two movies. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if you want me to sit around and nitpick and things that I would have, you know, rather they'd done or whatever, I could do that. But like, so there, but there's potential for improvement, like where I could say like, oh, I want to see, you know, this in a Spider-Man movie. And if they brought that, that would be cool. Mm-hmm. When I look at the trailer for the new movie, I don't see those things. I see a rehash of the origin story that doesn't need to be rehashed because it's actually really simple. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why it seems like they've added all this stuff with his parents. And I'm like, but they're not really important to his story. And that really bothers me. The only thing that I see in those trailers that I like is that when he's Spider-Man, he's telling jokes. That was the one thing that I noticed that I thought, yeah, I could get behind. And the little hint of Lizard, because I like Lizard. (laughs) Right, yeah, he's actually, he's one of my favourite villains too. Yeah, yeah, Um, I'm I'm glad that he's in it. But what bothers me is that if they were saying, right, we're not going to treat it like a fourth film, but it's also not going to be the first of a new, like, set. Right. That would be fine. But, I mean, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day who's, like, never picked up a comic in her life. And she said, I know the story of Spider-Man, and I'm pretty certain everybody in the world knows the origin of Spider-Man. There is pretty much no need to tell that story again. Bitten yeah. by an interactive spider, job done. Do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be drawn out. It doesn't need to be told again. Mm-hmm. It just, you know, just let's just move on. It's like. It's like doing the Superman origin again. Like nobody cares. Everybody knows he came from Krypton. Like, come on. Yeah, it's um, it's one of those things where I just think they should just, I don't know, 
I don't know how you'd go about doing it, I guess. It must be really difficult to try and write a film that doesn't really have a beginning. But I don't know if you watch cartoons. I'm obsessed with cartoons, especially <laughs> of the superhero variety. Um, but, like, I was a huge fan of the Spectacular Spider-Man cartoon from a few years back. I never saw any of that. I wanted to, though. Yeah. To me, it was, like, one of the best cartoons, you know, ever. Um, I just thought they nailed Spider-Man perfectly. But while they did eventually kind of deal with his origin story, episode one was just like, hey, Spider-Man, you know, he's been doing his thing for a little while. You know, let's get into like, you know, the story. They, you know, they didn't start out with the origin story because they, they rightfully knew every little kid in America and wherever else the cartoon goes. If they have an interest in Spider-Man, they've already seen the movie. They know. Mm -hmm. And it had a beginning. They, you know, it's not like they just came out of nowhere. Like the way they did it was that it was the first day of a, of a new year of school, you know, so that was their, you know, their beginning. Mm -hmm. And it made perfect sense. I, I don't think you need to start off with an origin. Yeah, because to be honest, I'm I'm blatantly going to go and see it. I mean, <laughs> I'm sitting here acting like I'm not, but I'm blatantly right. going to. But yeah, I just I just do think from watching that trailer, there was nothing that got me excited for that film at all. Yeah, and it's a bit sad because I do love I, me some Spidey. Yeah, I I have a feeling that I'm going to go see it like by myself and watch it through like my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> just waiting waiting for it to do something that angers me because i just you know for me i take spider-man stuff really personally far too personally <laughs> the thing is though that's how you know you're passionate about something I hate, I hate this argument that people have when they say you know oh, why are you so negative about this when you apparently love it i'm like oh because i love it so much i hate it when it's shit <laughs> you know like when people i had somebody on uh, a doctor who forum have a massive go at me to basically tell me well if you don't like this episode you should just stop watching the bloody show and blah blah had a really big go because i'd not liked one episode to, to which i replied oh, i'm only so mad about this because i love it so much that i don't like it when it's bad it upsets me that's i don't see how that means i should stop watching it because i obviously am pretty much in love with the show <laughs> well, and also if it was only one episode that you didn't like i mean <laughs> yeah, that's hardly a cause to stop watching so i've watched whole series of things i don't like before just in the hopes it might get better <laughs> Oh, well. Yeah, I'm I'm making a conscious effort not to do that anymore. I'm not going to read comics I don't enjoy. I'm not going to I'm going to Um it's bad cuz I do watch a lot of TV shows that I don't enjoy, but there's a certain perverse thrill to watching a TV show. Like I I don't have to pay for it. It's just on TV. So like I don't know. I like it depends on whether it's like I don't like this and I'm complaining about it or I don't like this and I'm making fun of it. And like, yeah. and it's just like, I don't I, like if I'm not getting any enjoyment whatsoever. And all I do is complain. Then I'm not going to watch it. Mm -hmm. But like, if I can find some enjoyment of like, like laughing at it or being like, what the hell? Then I, I do continue to watch because I, I have such a weakness for terrible television. You know, sometimes it's just fun. Oh, you don't care. As long as you're enjoying yourself. You know, <laughs> That's what TV's for. Exactly. <laughs> but anyway, back to Avengers. Yes, that was good. Wasn't it? <laughs> we maybe liked it a little bit. <laughs> maybe a little bit too much. It's quite funny because I've always sort of, uh, I hate to sort of put myself in the Marvel or DC camp, but I do tend to like DC comics more than I like Marvel. But I think it, it's a bit bizarre. I don't think the tone of DC comics translates as well to film in terms of enjoyment. Like I do think The Dark Knight is probably one of the best comic book films ever. But it's like I couldn't watch it a lot because it's quite dark and yeah. depressing. Whereas I could easily watch the Avengers on a loop. 
<laughs> because it's just so much fun. And sometimes what you want exactly. is fun and some comedy. And, you know, that's why I think I could watch Thor in the background while I'm reading some comics because it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. Whereas, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit... I'm, I cannot wait for The Dark Knight Rises to come out. I saw the trailer, the new trailer that came out the other day, and I almost did a little wee. <laughs> it's so exciting. But I don't think that's a film I'm going to see a lot of. Because again, it just looks a, a bit. The, the tone is a lot less fun and a lot more super serious, I guess. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think I've watched The Dark Knight. Like, I watched it. I saw it in theaters, and I think I've watched it like once since then when it was on cable or something. Mm-hmm. Whereas I think Iron Man came out that same year, and I've probably seen that movie like four or five times. Yeah, I think I've seen The Dark Knight probably. I saw it twice in the cinema, and then once. Yes, yeah, so I've seen it like three times. Whereas Iron Man, I'm pretty certain I've seen at least six or seven. But um, but it, you know, they're they're you know, I guess to a certain extent, it's you know because they're like fun popcorn movies, you know. Yeah. But I don't know if that necessarily means they're not as good. Oh no, definitely not. Definitely. You know, I mean, I I think you could make the argument that like some of them aren't as good, but I don't know that I would say Iron Man is not as good a movie as The Dark Knight just because it's not as serious. Oh no no, Dark Knight is technically better in terms of like storytelling and cinematography and all that bump. Iron Man has the fun and the rewatchability, and it is still you know it's still ludicrously well written and shot and stuff. Um, yeah. I mean, if you were going for like if if you would literally to say to me what film would you watch more often, it would be Iron Man because it's yeah. Yeah. So much more fun. I agree. <laughs> I'm less likely to watch it and then think, oh, cool, I'm depressed now. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's exactly the thing. Like, you could watch The Dark Knight over and over again, but then you might, you know, need a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> then you might go all Joker on everyone and <laughs> just go a little bit do lately. That wouldn't be good for anybody, I don't think. <laughs> but for me, there's also, like, the sense that, you know, I watched Superman a gajillion times when I was a little girl, and even though I watch it now and I see all these flaws... And, like, it's not nearly as good a movie as, like, the modern superhero movies. Mm-hmm. I still don't think I could ever love anything as much as I love that movie. <laughs> I am. Um, I actually managed to dig out off the internet the 90s Captain America film. The one that was, like, oh. 1990 or something. Oh, God, I love that film. It's so ludicrous. It is Because br- it was, um, when I was younger, I used to be obsessed with that, like, this is pre my comic reading days as well, so I was obviously, you know, on the way, well on the way to becoming a proper nerd. But I used to be obsessed with that, and there were two TV movies from like the 70s where he had like a crazy ass motorbike and stuff that he used to attach his shield to the front of. Uh, I was absolutely obsessed with these when I was younger. I haven't managed to get the 70s TV movies yet, so I haven't seen those for a long, long time. But oh god, the 90s cat film is just stupidly brilliant and brilliant stupid <laughs> <laughs> I think is the best way to describe it absolutely love it oh, there's something to be said sometimes but like I know it's probably nostalgia because I loved it so much when I was younger but like even though it has all these flaws and I can see that it's not really by any means a good film it's stupidly enjoyable you just have a good time when you watch while well, I do anyway <laughs> Maybe that's just me because it is pretty. I think, like, for me, like, by the time that came out, you know, I'm older than you. So I was, like, not at the point where I was just like, man, I just want to see a good Captain America movie. So I wasn't, like, young enough to just enjoy the fact that it was Captain America. You know what I'm saying? Like, like definitely when I was, like, a little bit younger, like, anytime I saw a superhero, that was good enough. Mm-hmm. But then, like, once you get to be a teen, you're, like, super cynical and you hate everything. <laughs> 
Oh, speaking of hating everything, I'm going to move on because seriously, I could talk about films forever. But yeah, me too. <laughs> are you reading the sort of new wave of DC comics? I am. Have you got the ones that ca- the, the sort of second wave of things that came out this week? I got three of them. I didn't get GI Combat. I didn't get that one either because, to be honest, I stopped reading Men of War because it was pants. Why am I going <laughs> to read something that seems to be almost the same? Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of war comics. Me neither. I'm sort of interested in the backup comic, the Unknown Soldier backup comic that's in there, because mm. I'm a big fan of um, Palmati and Gray. Right. They're writing other stuff that I'm really enjoying right now. Mm-hmm. But the main comic just, it didn't seem worth getting the whole comic just for that backup. So Yeah. Because I um I picked up I picked up three this week because I got Dial H, Earth Two, and World's Finest. So and I got I, all of those as well. So let's oh, good times! Have you read them all? Yes, I have. Oh, good times! <laughs> well, I'll start with Earth Two because that was the one that I didn't like of the three. My problem with this comic was that it seemed like a massive setup for World's Finest, and it didn't seem like a comic in its own right. Like I could not tell you the story of this comic because I don't. I've got literally no idea where it's going. Because <laughs> there was a war, and uh, Supergirl and Robin, who is actually Huntress, disappear. And then that's pretty much the end of that storyline. <laughs> so I don't quite know where they're going to pick it up in issue two. Just felt kind of, I don't know, like a preview for World's Finest, I guess. And I I agree with you, but I actually really enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's always good. Because, because I kind of felt like, well, yes, it was all set up. It kind of felt like a story that was kind of just done. It was just like the end of this war. It was kind of like, I don't know, like kind of the old myths or something where you kind of pick, you you know, like the Iliad, where it's just right at the end of the war. Mm-hmm. You know, the war's been going on by nine years by the time you get into it. So, you know, it just it just felt like, I don't know, I kind of like the misleading nature of it, I guess, because you thought you were going to be reading this story about, you know, this kind of alternate world version of batman superman and wonder woman and like you were kind of led to believe that these would be characters starring in the book going forward and it's like no everybody died haha <laughs> <laughs> yeah i did um i think oh i don't know but i completely get your complaint like that's yeah. a, a huge that's a legitimate complaint i completely understand <laughs> but i just kind of like the fake out of it i guess yeah i think it was just for me it was more because when you get set up in a comic it's usually like in that comic if you know what I mean <laughs> like, so if, if the, the sort of first like two thirds of that comic had actually been world's finest number one I'd have been like okay cool I don't think I'd have had any problem with it but I think because it was kind of advertising itself as Earth 2 and you know these are all characters that are going to be you know and so like you say you thought it was going to be a story about Batman Wonder Woman and Soups and then you know, they get killed. Uh, sorry, spoilers, everyone. And so then you sort of kind of led to believe, okay, well, this is actually then going to be a story about Supergirl and who will become Huntress. Oh, no, they've gone missing. Oh, what is this a story about then? <laughs> it just kind of got to the end of it. And I was like, I don't know what I've just read. <laughs> Obviously, the fact that I don't know what's going on means I'm going to have to pick up issue two, aren't I? So I can actually I also, form an opinion I on the story. Like- what I think is interesting, I never really read JSA, but I'm kind of familiar with like Jay Garrick and and um the, the Green Lantern from JSA. I don't remember his name, but like I'm familiar with them as like the old guys. Yeah. And so kind of seeing them as you know these young guys was kind of was startling and interesting to me. Also, Nicola Scott's art is enough to keep me around because yeah. it's really fantastic. Yeah, I will say the art was very good. I was there. I did enjoy that. 
and and like you say, um, seeing Jay Garrick in particular, <laughs> when they were having sort of that scene towards the end, him and that girl talking to each other, she kept referring to him as Jay, and it didn't even remotely click with me that it would be Jay Garrick until a couple of pages later when he says it himself and I was like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> oh that's who you are okay uh, that's interesting that little bit at the end with him is, is blatantly what's going to hook me I'm just I, I think I'm just still struggling with the whole new universe I know it's been eight issues yeah but I'm still struggling to sort of get the point of this universe and so throwing me into another one that's also different to the old one <laughs> it's just like I don't know what's going on at all my brain hurts <laughs> it's it, and it's not because I'm stupid like I mean I have got a terrible right. memory so it is difficult for me to sort of remember between issues what's going on but it just seemed like there are some comics sort of set when people are totally upset accepting of superheroes and there are others set where people are just like uh superheroes get them out of my town and then there's <laughs> Others where, you know, Superman's an old guy and then others where he's young and then others where <laughs> other things are happening and I'm just like, I've got, nah, my memory's too crap for me to try and keep up with what's yeah, here. It kind of so seemed like they did the whole reboot to try to make a more cohesive universe and yet it seems like a less cohesive universe. It's so disjointed, like nothing sort of, except the, the issues that have actually crossed over with one another, which is, uh, you know, another thing that pisses me off. I'm sick yeah, of Yeah, I'm not happy about the crossovers. Oh, fucking hell. Like, I'm, I know a lot of people bang on about it, but comics are expensive and if you want me to read more comics you're either going to have to bring down the price or stop crossing them over with everything else because that's what's going to get me to stop reading them right <laughs> if i have to buy like six other comics to read one story i'm just not going to bother reading that story yeah i will read like a ton of comics you know more than i should i will i will spend more money than i should on comics if i'm enjoying the comics but i really resent having to buy them because you telling me i have to buy them yeah so that's more likely to get me to just drop everything than <laughs> i think it's kind of the opposite effect to what they they want to happen yeah and, and it, it still pisses me off that the cost of comics over here doesn't match up with what's in america at all it really really gets my goat <laughs> well that sucks yeah because like, i think like a, a comic that in America is like $2.99 is about £2.50 over here which is probably knocking on $5 really yeah <laughs> that's is, a lot it's stupid <laughs> like absolutely stupid and I, to be honest I can't I just I just can't keep up with that many comics at that sort of expense so I just won't. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm sort of having a bit of a cleanse now because I wanted to sort of let the, the new universe sort of sink in with me before I decided to start throwing things out. But I think I'm just going to start doing it soon because <sighs> there are some titles that are blatantly grabbing me more than others. Yeah. I mean, for example, Justice League Dark. Very much enjoying. But that might just be the fact that I'm pretty much in love with John Constantine. So. <laughs> 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 that might help but anyway yeah, I, uh, I never even read that one so oh uh, see I, I, I immediately went for that one because it had John Constantine in it because Hellblazers probably it's one of my favourite comics and if it ever got to a point where I had to like pretty much drop everything I think Hellblazer and the Turtles comic that's coming out at the moment would be the only two that I would keep getting <laughs> I have to admit that I've never ever read a Hellblazer comic gasp oh my I know word. oh my word Oh, absolutely love it. I do. It was uh, one of those things, actually. I, I never, I'd never read one, 
and then somebody when I used to do comic racks somebody recommended like a load of stuff because I was a relative noob at the time that we started doing comic racks uh, so I picked up a trade called Dangerous Habits I just got totally hooked from there and I've got nearly all of the trades I'm having a hard time getting a couple of them like one of them's on Amazon used for 40 quid I'm like uh god fuck off <laughs> No, but I started. I started collecting the floppies at issue two hundred and fifty, I think, and I think that's probably going to be the only comic I ever, I ever continued to get to the you know ends of time, pretty much, <laughs> or until I can't read anymore, you know. <laughs> is it is it still going on though, or did they like are they still publishing Hellblazer comics now that like yeah, yeah. oh because I was con- I wasn't sure about that because like when they brought him over from the DC to the DC universe from the Vertigo universe. I wasn't sure if like he continued on his series continued, you know, his Vertigo series continued on. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely has. I think (laughs) the only problem with, with that, that I can see is that, I mean, Justice League Dark is not a kid's comic, but you could feasibly give it to, it's like a 12A in in terms of cinema, you know, maybe with a bit of parental guidance, flick an eye across it first kind of thing. Whereas Hellblazer's just not even slightly suitable for kids. I think if people go, oh yeah, I really like that John Constantine, maybe I'll check out this, you know, Hellblazer comic, what? Don't. (laughs) (laughs) If you're a small child who enjoys uh, Justice League Dark, just just pretend Hellblazer's not happening at all, because it is. It's so dark at the moment, it's ridiculous. They've got like a storyline going on where some some demon masqueraded as as Constantine and raped his niece. <laughs> and oh it's God, just, yeah, it's just like oh God, what? So it's all like that happened a while ago, but it's all the ramifications of that now because she's essentially gone do lally because she thinks her uncle has raped her. <laughs> it's all terrible. It's pretty. It's not not even slightly child or teen safe really. <laughs> but it's good though. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm selling it well. It is. <laughs> It is very good. No, I will. I will check it out eventually. I will say I've not watched the movie either. So I've never, I've always been like, well, if I'm going to do anything Constantine, it's going to be the comics. Yeah, I haven't seen the, I've seen a bit of the film because my sister was watching it once and I happened to catch a bit of it. I just, you know, I can't buy Keanu Reeves as a human being. So (laughs) (laughs) it's just, I've just thought, you know what, I'll just avoid it. Because I think even if it, even if it didn't, say that it was you know hellblazer related even if it was just a film about a guy who does magic and stuff i think just him being in it would put me off so <laughs> i just thought now nah, i'll just avoid it because i'll probably just get mad i do get mad at things here. i'll probably watch it one day when i'm really drunk <laughs> <laughs> that's what i'm you know like batman and robin kind of drunk <laughs> <laughs> God, that film's awful. But anyway, that's uh, another story. So Earth 2. <laughs> oh, crikey. I'm going to keep, like, I'll see what issue 2 is like. I just, yeah, I just felt like if, if that could have had any other title and because it just related to, it didn't really relate to itself. <laughs> that makes sense. It's a bit bizarre. But yeah, I will. You know what? Actually, what probably would have been better if it was like a, a zero issue that kind of kicked off this kind of alternate. Yeah, yeah. Cause- you know, and then said, okay, from here, read Earth 2, read, you know, World's Finest. This is the universe that we're playing with. Yeah. That probably that probably would have been better. It's funny because, like, I didn't necessarily not enjoy the comic, but I just, it just felt so, like, apart from other things. Right. And, like, just, you know that the next issue you pick up is going to be nothing like this issue. Yeah, it's that's why I'm I'm sort of treating it like it didn't exist, and I'm just going to start Earth 2, like, next week, and well, next next month, and see how it goes. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be good. 
I read uh, I read World's Finest as well. Yes, um, as did I. I thought I thought that was pretty good. I was a little bit surprised by the art though. Really? Yes, I didn't think it was very good. So then I thought, oh, who's done the art on this? And then it was George Perez. And I was like, oh, God, I love him usually. <laughs> didn't think it was very good at all. Because I, I enjoyed the art a lot. I'm I'm a big fan of George Perez and Kevin Maguire, who did the flashback scenes. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I was pretty happy with it. Mm. I don't think it was George Perez's best work, though. I mean, I'll, I will definitely say that, that I think that... It seemed a bit you know, rushed. to done better. Yeah, it just seemed a bit rushed, like it wasn't quite finished. Maybe that was just me. I, I don't know. But I did I did enjoy the story of it. Like, I've always kind of liked Huntress as a character anyway. Uh, so I was quite excited to see her coming back into it. I don't know how I feel about Power Girl, because she's always been one of those characters for me that I can deal with being in stuff, but she's never really been my fact. Like, she's never stood out. Like she's, right. She's just, you know, she's got powers and, and tits. Pretty much all you, you ever really need to know about her, isn't it? So I'm quite happy to see a bit sort of behind the scenes, like pre-Power Girly stuff. Right. In this, which well, I, I quite enjoyed. See, for me, like, I, uh, Helena Bertinelli, Huntress, was pretty much my favourite character in DC. And so, like, like it was, I kind of have to separate it and be like, okay, this is a completely new character. Mm-hmm. Or a completely different character, because it's Helena Wayne, and like at the very first, at the very beginning, they made a point made a point of saying that Helena Bertinelli's dead. I was like, well, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and like also like one of the things that threw me is that I kind of thought that this whole, you know, the whole world's finest thing was gonna take place on Earth too. So like the fact that they've been like sucked through this wormhole or whatever and they're on like the earth with all the other heroes Mm -hmm. was kind of a disappointment to me too because i was like i don't know i was geared up for like this alternate reality that you know okay i can deal with it being like this other power girl and this other huntress because you know maybe they're still a power they're still you know my huntress on the regular but so it was kind of a disappointment for me just because i'm a big fan but i i really did enjoy the issue and i'm i'm gonna keep reading it Mm -hmm. i i thought I did think that the opening scene of it was a bit weird, that they're just there talking, like, burning passports and talking quite openly about faking IDs with loads of people <laughs> around them in a restaurant. I'm like, um, are you really thinking this through, ladies? Yeah, and, and kind of even the idea that, like, well, see, there are people staring at them, though. Yeah, if you look in the cut, like, they're all looking around, slightly concerned, like, shit, should we be sitting there? These women are obviously dodgy. <laughs> <laughs> It's just, it's not, not very well thought through plan there, but oh well. Because I was, I was going to say that, like, I was like, maybe we're supposed to believe that none of these people in this restaurant in Italy speak English, but, but there are people staring at them, so obviously they understand what they're talking about, and they... <laughs> it's pretty funny. I think at this one, it, it was an odd issue for an issue one, because a lot of the setup happened in Earth 2, number one, that... Right. Um, it sort of kicked yes. right off, which threw me off because I'm used to when I'm reading a, a number one to expect a little bit of setup. <laughs> it, it was it was just like a whole like an odd situation in that I think oh I don't know I mean I definitely enjoyed it and I'm definitely going to give issue two uh, a crack and see how that goes. Kind of hope the art gets a little bit better. <laughs> I feel really bad saying that because I love George Perez, but it wasn't very good. And then there was Dial H, which was something that I don't. <sighs> I'm pretty sure that I've never read anything Dial H before. I'm certain I haven't. I yeah. mean, I, I've heard of the concept because I people were always comparing Ben 10 to Dial H for Hero. 
So I was like, well, I kind of know what Ben 10 is, so I guess I know what Dial H for Hero is. <laughs> well, I think I must have... I, I don't know whether... I think I, I might have read Annie Shoe once because somebody sent me a load of comics ages ago that were free. Hurrah! They were just like a jumble of stuff that they hadn't been able to get rid of in their shop. And I was like, oh, brilliant. But because it was a jumble of stuff, it was like a New Mutants issue 310. This <laughs> Like, oh, crap. Um, <laughs> it's, you know, it's a nice thought, but now I'm getting such a small snippet of story. Because I do, I do, I feel like I've got a, a, a recollection of something similar happening in another comic. But I can't remember it clearly enough to, like, compare it. But I did think of, of the, th- the new three that came out this week, it was by far and away the best. I agree. I, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. I love the concept of it anyway. And I love the fact that you don't quite know where this telephone has come from or who invented it or, like, why it is where it is. Well, um, and, like, in... In the United States, there aren't a ton of tele, you know, telephone booths left. So, <laughs> in and of itself, like said to me, like, well, it's obviously a really crappy area because they didn't bother to remove the telephone booths. <laughs> it didn't look like a very nice area anyway, did it? No, yeah. <laughs> I think the the one thing that stood out the most for me with this was you expect. In a story where you use a telephone to sort of turn yourself into a superhero, that the heroes are going to be like Superman, where you've got like fiery vision and the you know the forceful punch of doom and shit. Right. And it actually turns out that the heroes are kind of ludicrous in terms of their powers. But they're just delightfully weird. Yeah, they're absolutely fantastic. I mean, the second one, I can't remember what he said his name was now, and I probably should have written. It was like it Captain Emo or something. It was something absolutely. I have, ter- I have the issue out, so. Um, I will just try to find it. But his power was to sort of remind people of the most horrible... Oh, it was, it was Captain Lacrimose. <laughs> and it was absolutely brilliant, the idea. Because you would never think that that's a sort of heroic power, is to remind people of the saddest moments of their life and qu- kind of cripple them with grief. Yeah. At the same time, of co- it's completely effective. Of course it would work, so... You know, yeah. why shouldn't that pair exist as a as a thing? And I thought that was just so ridiculously inventive. And I'll, I'm so intrigued now about what other sorts of heroes are going to pop out. Yeah. The box and... and the the character design on um was it Chimney Boy? Yes, brilliant. Boy Chimney. Ah. Oh. Just ah, oh, he just looks so cool. Just like <laughs> absolutely like creepy. It almost makes me sad that we're not going to see these characters again. <laughs> Yeah, I, w- I would read a miniseries of uh, of Boy Chimney I, quite, quite easily. I um, thought it was absolutely brilliant. And um, I think the artwork on that really complements the sort of tone of the story. Yeah, definitely. And the colouring as well. I just, oh, that that book, I can't wait to get the next one. So I'm pretty sure that one's, unless it, it, it becomes terrible, I can't imagine me not reading this. <laughs> so good. Yeah, I agree. It was just, just... Super interesting. Definitely kind of not what you expected and, you know, surprising in the best sorts of ways. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think the thing that I liked as well is the the sort of the bloke who is using the phone to become a hero is like so not what you would expect of of a heroic kind of guy. It's just kind of this sort of fat loser slob who's just, who just happened to want to protect one of his friends at the time. Right. Which is obviously what anybody would do, given that, you know, if you, if you, 
had a friend in danger you would want to protect them however you could and that's what i liked about it is that it wasn't somebody who'd been endowed with magical powers because of this or you know he'd buffed himself up and learnt the ways of the ninja or something it was just a guy who was like oh i need to help my friend really badly right now Poof, there he is yeah he was just trying to call 911 like <laughs> i don't know how he was calling 911 though if he was uh, if he rang the letters hero <laughs> That's true, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> that's 911 call was this. <laughs> but do you know what? I don't care because it's too good. Too good to pick flaws in. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. I've rambled enough now, so I think it's your turn again, Laura. Uh, it's my turn. I don't know what else to talk to. That's what I had prepared to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've just stolen all your ideas. Okay, I just... Ugh, so much pressure now. <laughs> uh, maybe I should just talk about Winter Soldier and how much I love it. Oh, go on then. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Because Winter Soldier just, it's so fantastic. And it has all the things I want out of a comic book, which is basically Doctor Doom and Evil Kirillis. (laughs) I love Doctor Doom. He's definitely always been one of my favorite characters. He's he's my role model in life. (laughs) I wish I was Doctor Doom. (laughs) Step one, acquire green cloak. (laughs) (laughs) and you know give myself the title of doctor (laughs) oh yeah of course (laughs) i'm a bit behind with winter soldier but um i just love anything that's like captain america based really yes i i do too (laughs) just you know i i brew baker can just write keep writing captain america stuff forever as far as i'm concerned It's weird with Brubaker because like, I've I've absolutely loved everything he's done that's been cat based, but I don't think there's been anything else that he's written that I've enjoyed. Really? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm reading Fatal right now. Oh, I'm not reading. And that I'm sorry. I, I haven't read that, so I don't. It's um I have like uh, several of the um criminal trades, but I haven't read them yet because I'm horrible and I get a lot of trades that I don't read and <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem. <laughs> But so this one I was just picking up in like the single issues and um so I've been reading that and I really really love it and it's it's kind of like it's kind of noir like his criminal stuff but it's also got this horror element to it. Mm-hmm. It's basically about this woman who's like been cursed to be or it's not really about the woman it's about how kind of people whose lives she affects. But she's been cursed to be like this femme fatale like you know this noirish femme fatale and and so like that's the reason why kind of she screws up everybody's lives so badly and i'm loving the hell out of it it's great um see because i read i think i read the first trade of criminal and i wasn't particularly enamored with it and then i started picking up incognito for about three issues and i didn't like that very much either so i stopped feel quite bad now maybe it's just like crime based comics that i don't like yeah i mean and that's definitely that's most of what he does so so if you know that might just not be your thing yeah i never i never read any of his was it gotham central or catwoman or any of that stuff oh yeah i think uh, i think i read some of it but i can't my memory's too bad for me to remember (laughs) is that i mean all that stuff came out when i well first of all i don't really like catwoman Second of all, I don't normally kind of read. I, now I'm reading Batman. I'll, I'm actually reading kind of a like I'm reading Batman and Batgirl and and uh, Birds of Prey. And I'm you know those are all kind of like in the Batman family. Mm-hmm. But I don't normally kind of I have a limit to how much Batman I can take. 
<laughs> it just feels but, like there's so much of it, you know? Yeah, there is. There really is. <laughs> so I, you know, but I love, I love Scott Snyder. So I've been reading his Batman and really enjoying it. But like normally I wouldn't pick up anything Batman. I like his like, you know, sidekick characters better. Like I like Batgirl and I like Nightwing. I don't really like any of the Robins. <laughs> the Robins are a bit whiny. Yeah, like I like even Dick Grayson as Robin. I'm like, I don't care about you. It wasn't until he became Nightwing that I'm like, okay, you're cool. <laughs> <laughs> Is it when he shed his tiny green pants? <laughs> yes, I can't take you seriously in those pants. <laughs> those little pixie boots what are you thinking great but <laughs> when he puts on a disco collar he suddenly becomes cool <laughs> i love that costume <laughs> it's so ridiculous <laughs> who would wear that ever oh dear no i, I know what you mean about batman because rich is a huge batman fan and he will essentially pick up anything that's vaguely gotham based and there was a time, like, for a while, because I read whatever he gets, because, like, it's it's essentially like having free comics. <laughs> and uh, th- there was a time where I was just thinking, oh, I'm so sick of Gotham City. <laughs> like, you know, and the, it's not that the comics are bad, it's just that you get to a point where you think, how does anybody live in Gotham City anymore if this much garbage always happens in it? Like, it's obviously just, like, a hole for the world's, like, shittiest people. It's just no, <laughs> no, decent, yeah. no decent people always- live there anymore. I was always, I always kind of wonder, like, if, like, the Gotham citizens sit around, like, going, why couldn't we get Superman? Why couldn't we get Superman? Yeah, because it's just, oh, it's just like, you know, you live in a town where an asylum full of supervillains. I mean, that's your first clue to move the fuck out of that neighbourhood, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, jeez. There is literally that, if I was house hunting, right, and my, you know, Rich said to me, oh, this is a lovely place, uh, it's in, uh, let's have a look, Gotham City, I'd be like, I'm not even looking at it. Not even looking at it. Not even slightly. I'm not leaving anywhere where I could get eaten by a giant fucking crocodile. It's not happening. <laughs> it's just you, you get to a point where you just think nothing else can happen in Gotham City because it would just be a ghost town. After there was the huge earthquake and the government just decided, yeah, let's just shut off <laughs> all routes to Gotham City. <laughs> it's like when the gov- when the government decides you're not worth saving. <laughs> <laughs> pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's about yeah. Mm. No. It's uh it's Gotham's one of those things. It's like I love Batman. I really do, but they just I think DC need to realize that yeah, Batman is you know a huge franchise, but that doesn't mean that you can just spew out you know eight Gotham-based titles a month or something and expect us all to want them. Yeah, it's I, just too much. It's like it's like the you know it's Marvel has does the same thing with Wolverine. He's in everything. Uh, yeah, he's like a rash. He's all over the <laughs> Marvel universe. And it's it. When I was a little kid, Wolverine was one of my favorite ca- characters. And then like when I got older and I got back into comics, I was like, man, I hate Wolverine now. He sucks. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, there was a period like a year or two ago when Deadpool was the same. Like when he became a little bit fashionable. And he yeah. was in everything. Because like, for a while, I decided I was going to collect anything with Deadpool in. And for for a bit, that was just Cable and Deadpool. Then it was the Deadpool right. title. Then all of a sudden, it was everything, ever. And I was like, oh, shit, now I've got to pick up the Messiah War. And fuck, I haven't got a clue what's happening. So I just, just gave up in the end. I was like, do you know what, Deadpool, I love you. But you're getting demoted down to just your own title now. What was the the comic that I kind of enjoyed, but I didn't read it regularly. I picked it up once in a while when it looked interesting. Was the one where he like teamed up with other characters? Oh, that might. Oh, 
Was it just Deadpool team up? Like, <laughs> yeah, because the, the point of that was that there was supposed to be loads of issues of that, and it was like counting backwards from 600 or something. I think yeah. about 10. <laughs> they just stopped. <laughs> Unless, like, I just stopped, maybe. I don't know. But I don't know. That. But I enjoyed, like, like w- one of the things I, like, enjoyed about it was that pretty much every issue or every storyline had, like, a different writer and artist. Yeah. So, like, you know, I picked it up when I was, like, oh, I love, you know, I love that writer. I love that artist. So I would pick up an issue. And, like, I don't know. Sometimes it's just fun to see characters team up, you know? Like, mm-hmm. like these characters have no reason to be in a comic book together, but they are. And it's funny, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think Deadpool's one of those characters as well where because he's got the funny element that he can you can team him up with quite a lot of other characters and it will still be enjoyable. Right. Because, like, you could pick him up with char- team up with characters that, like, you know, if you have a you have a comic that's like you know their comic and it's the same characters every month, then the, those characters kind of have to like you know Deadpool or want to be around Deadpool for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> but if you have one where it's different characters every month, then it can be people who don't want to be around him, and that's funnier. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I th- actually I'd totally forgotten about that. I'm really sad that that stopped me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you reminded me, and I'm sad. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's kind of like it's kind of like Batman, like Brave and the Bold, kind of being like really fun cartoon because because he was with somebody different every you know. So it made seeing how Batman would react to like completely different personalities mm-hmm. made Batman more interesting. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I love the Brave and the Bold. <laughs> yeah, that cartoon was awesome. So good, so good. I need to like try and finish watching it though because I never did actually finish. Everybody kind of on the internet was like all crazy about the finale. And I watched the finale and I was like, man, this sucked. (laughs) (laughs) Was it just because it was ending (laughs) or was it actually bad? No, I just kind of felt like it was way too meta. And I was just like, wait, you know, no wonder you got canceled. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm definitely going to have to catch up now. (laughs) I just I just kind of felt like no little kid. Like I couldn't imagine a child getting enjoyment out of it, you know? It felt like it was purely for fanboys. And I was like, that's a terrible way to, you know, end a show that whole point was to be accessible and be, you know, be for little kids. Yeah. So that really bothered me. (laughs) (laughs) But otherwise, it was all fantastic. And, you know, Aquaman, pretty much the greatest thing ever. They need to do a comic of that version of Aquaman. (laughs) They really do. He is awesome. You know, I, I really love, like the Aquaman comic as it is now but yeah that version of Aquaman just hit it out of the park (laughs) we've come a long way from Winter Soldier here haven't we (laughs) we have but you know it all makes sense because uh Brave and the Bold Aquaman awesome Winter Soldier awesome (laughs) they fit together I'm gonna have to uh, catch up with that as well no they're nothing yeah, no, Winter Soldier, just it's just, it's like they read my brain and were like, what would Laura want in a comic? <laughs> See, that's the best kind of comic. Yeah. I also kind of feel, um, uh, my favorite comic writer is Jeff Parker, and I, I kind of lately sort of been feeling that way with his Thunderbolts Bolt series, like he'll make a joke about My Fair Lady, and then they went back in time and they were like in King Arthur period, what, right when I was like really obsessed with all that stuff. <laughs> And, and then and then one of the characters beat up Lancelot just for being Lancelot, and I it was fantastic because I hate Lancelot. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, excellent, you've read my brain. This is perfect. <laughs> oh, see, I'm trying to get more into Marvel, so I might have to pick up some Thunderbolts and stuff. 
it's difficult to know where to sort of pick things up now, though, because yeah, that's the I... one good thing with the, the new DC universe is that if people want to get into stuff, it's only been eight issues. You can quite easily catch up. Yeah, I, and I never even know, like, what to... You know, the stuff that I'm reading and enjoying at Marvel, like, I'm... I've actually think I'm reading a lot less Marvel right now. Like, I'm starting to drop stuff because they're doing another huge crossover. Oh, really? And, yeah, and so... So like I don't know, it's hard. So I kind of I kind of try to read stuff on the fringes of those crossovers, mm-hmm. but that's the stuff that gets canceled. So <laughs> so it's it's hard. But I you know I've really been enjoying Jeff Parker has been writing the Hulk, which is the one about Red Hulk. Right. <laughs> and I didn't think I would enjoy that because I don't enjoy Hulk comics. So I was like, why would I enjoy Red Hulk? But it's Jeff Parker, and he makes things cool. And then. Thunderbolts I've been enjoying because they've been traveling through time and that's just funny. <laughs> um, like now they're fighting themselves from the 80s like or the night they're fighting themselves from the 90s like so nice. You know, well, I, I sort of I've started to um I've got a couple of Spider-Man issues, Amazing Spider-Man because I, I I mean I let, I dropped that back when they did that brand new day thing same here uh, and then i got all upset because i wasn't reading spider-man anymore and i really liked spider-man so i thought i'll just pick it back up then see how it's going but they recently did that whole spider island thing didn't they and uh, right. so i didn't pick it up then because i thought i'm not gonna try and start something in the middle of a sort of big eventy crossover thing so i haven't read anything yet <laughs> so i don't know i miss spider-man though yeah i i was kind of like you know i dropped it after the whole one more day thing and then i you know would kind of periodically kind of check in again mm-hmm. invariably i would read an issue and love it and then like read the next issue and hate it it was very uneven and then um i guess dan slot became like the only writer on it like because they used to have like five different writers and mm-hmm. now now they just have dan slot and like he was the like i didn't really enjoy his comics when he was like one of the <laughs> one of many writers like he was the one whose comics like i didn't really enjoy i actually i enjoyed mark wade's comics the best but now he's writing daredevil which is fantastic oh i've just picked up for that too yeah that and that's that should be pretty accessible so i definitely that that, oh so good the art is so amazing everything about it's perfect perfect superhero comic yeah and so now i've kind of been like looking at some of the stuff that's been going on in spider-man and being like well it seems interesting um, so maybe I'll give it another try, but like every time I kind of go it, it's like, yeah, like every time I think, oh, that looks interesting. Maybe I'll give it a try. You know, it was right in the middle of Spider Island. And I was like, yeah. oh, well, I have to get all this other stuff to, you know, there was stuff leading up to Spider Island that I missed. I was like, so I guess I'll wait till it's over. And it seemed like they were right in the middle of something else that I didn't really understand. So, <sighs> but now, now I've been buying more comics through Comixology online. So it might be a little easier for me to catch up. I don't know. Maybe. We'll see. I'm going to do a wee review for a comic that is neither DC nor Marvel. <laughs> Excellent. Imagine this. I don't <laughs> know if you listened to the last episode where I reviewed Princeless by Action Lab. Uh, I actually haven't because I, I just... I haven't been on iTunes, so it just loaded, like, this morning. <laughs> I was like, oh, there was a third one I missed. <laughs> oh, do you know what? I'll let you off because uh, I haven't updated my iPod for about six weeks. So it's only when I went to London last weekend that I uh, I fell asleep listening to my iPod on the coach on the way back and just drained all the battery. <laughs> so now I'm going to have to charge. It's like, ah, oh, tits. 
But yeah, I did. It was um, Action Lab comics. Uh, I don't know where they've sprung from, but I happen to know one of the dudes who's like one of the head honchos, Dave Dwanch. And when I was talking about Princeless last episode, I mentioned that there was an advert at the end of it for a comic called Double Jumpers that Dave wrote himself. And I was like, yeah, blatantly going to want to read that. So he got in touch and he was like, oh, here you go, review copy. To which I did a little dance because I like getting things for free. Um, (laughs) And I read that this morning because I didn't want to forget anything about it and I know what I'm like. So I saved it up, saved it till this morning. And uh, it's really chuffing good, really good. (laughs) It's about... What is it it called? I'm sorry? Double Jumpers. Double Jumpers. Yeah, it's like a four issue mini thingy and he sent me issue one. And it's about some games developers who are making a game. I don't know if the actual game exists because it's apparently a sequel, but the one that they're making in the comic to a game called Dungeon Lords. So if that exists in the real world, then I guess nerdy video game people might know what's happening, but it could just be made up for the comic. But the point of the sequel is that they're bringing it sort of into the 21st century and they've developed a way to sort of almost transfer your consciousness into the game characters. So it's, it's like practically you will be in the game playing it and it's like their their whole new development and they're all really excited about getting it done but there's a glitch in the system that they don't know how to fix so they're they're trying desperately to get this sorted before it needs to like go out on the market it's really good obviously when there's a glitch in a system where you transfer your, your consciousness into a, a game character you just know things aren't going to go well there aren't they <laughs> <laughs> but it's really good because uh the characters they're um <sighs> let's say varied in that like in a lot of comics you tend to get sort of like for example when you get like justice league comics although all the characters are a little bit different for the most part they're all very good and they're all you know very loyal and they're all you know they've all got these very good qualities about them whereas these are just your average joe like games developer so one of them's a bit of an arrogant dickhead the other one's like the token girl you know and there's just like a sort of fat slobby type you know there's just it's just a collection of normal people who sort of get dumped into what is it's like an almost world of warcraft style game and uh, the first issue it was really funny really smart and just uh just proper good so now dave's gonna get a load of money out of me because i'm obviously gonna have to buy I don't actually <laughs> if the other issues are out yet or whether it's just issue one. But I'm sure if you have a look at actionlab.com, pardon me, you'll be able to find it. Oh, sorry, I've got the reap burps. I just like, just before we started recording, like at my weight in fish and chips. <laughs> and now it's starting to repeat on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm such a charmer. Oh, terrible. <laughs> yeah, the thing about Action Lab that I'm liking so far, I mean, I've only read the two titles, Princeless and Double Jumpers, but they're so completely different things. You know, Princess is all ages, it's quite cutesy with a bit of an edge, and it's a really fun story, whereas Double Jumpers is a bit more adult in the sense that, you know, there's a bit of swearing, there might be a, a bit of nudity going on in there. But it's it's really well done, and it's really funny, and uh, I, think, I think Dave's going to end up with a lot of my cash now. Bastard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I read that and then other such non Marvel and non DC titles what I read that I'm gonna mention quickly. Actually it's just the one. Are you reading Little Depressed Boy at all? No, I've never even heard of Little Depressed Boy. Cool blimey, you should be reading it because it's wicked. Um, I'm writing it down now. <laughs> do it, do it, do it, do it. The last issue that I read, which I think is the most recent one, was issue ten. So I'm not going to say too much about it now because I don't want to spoil it for you. But Little Depressed Boy is like almost Sackboy-esque looking. 
<laughs> I guess is the best way to put it. And it, it is pretty much what it says on the tin. It's a dude who's not particularly happy with his lot in life, just sort of trying to get through stuff, which he deals with a lot of stuff through music. And it is just, oh, it's just so inventive and so clever. And, and there's funny bits and touching bits. And there was a cameo from a famous person in this one. What was brilliant. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. So I was, I yeah, I just think that, whoever came up with this idea needs a proper good licking because it's good <laughs> well good I think it's written by um, Stephen Struble Struble I don't know how you pronounce it sorry who's just he's just got a knack for writing this this comic it's just yeah just go and read it now I don't want to spoil I don't want to say anymore because I'm going to spoil it blatantly so I'll just just go and read it just go and buy it and read it <laughs> now please <laughs> boy <laughs> I think I, I found the website so Oh, it's it's brilliant. It's just really clever and really good. I think the reason I like it so much is because it's so different from everything else that I read, because I read a lot of superhero comics. So it's nice to every now and again read something that's like practically real life, but not, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely like, I love superheroes and, um, you know, I'm, there are some people who only read superhero comics and I'm not one of those people, but they really are kind of my favorite kind of comic. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you've got to get away from it. Yeah. Do something else. Well, this is the thing. I mean, I tend to read comics to sort of escape real life, which is why I like the ridiculous ones about, pardon me, oh, it's those chips again, <laughs> about superheroes running around in spandex and whatnot. But every now and again, I do like to read something that's a bit more grounded, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. But it's just... I like the art. Oh, it's really I'm good, isn't it? I'm looking at the blog right now, and I'm just like, this is fun. It's really <laughs> good. Yeah, definitely pick it up. It's probably one of my favourite comics at the moment, actually. Which is funny, considering that I do normally tend to sort of lean towards the superhero side of life. But I would say this is probably my favourite comic at the moment, next to Hellblazer. Well, my favourite comic is probably American Vampire. So it's not superheroes, but it's still like fantastical because it's about vampires. <laughs> do you know, I read the first trade of that not long ago because I had it for my birthday last year and then forgot I had it and found it the other day. I think I read that happens to me a lot. <laughs> I've had to make a pile of things that I haven't read yet so that I know that these are the things that I haven't read yet. <laughs> it's pretty terrible. I did really enjoy it, though, and I went to straight onto my Amazon wish list and slapped the second trade on there. So Cool. Quite fine. Yeah, I, I'm just... I, I love vampires and horror, and I, I love U.S. history and <laughs> just all sorts of stuff that it involves. So it's it's really kind of perfect for me. And it's just crazy good, and the art's so crazy good. Oh, the art's stunning. Everything, everything Scott Snyder writes is crazy good. <laughs> He's like a mutant whose power is to make you entertained. <laughs> I like it. I'm sure you would too. <laughs> I'm actually running out of things to talk about now, which is quite shocking for me. <laughs> the only other thing that I was I was going to mention, because I think I mentioned it previously in the sense that I was reading it, but I've actually finished reading a proper book. <laughs> a book that is not a comic or a trade. Actually, it's terrible because it's been a little while since I've read an actual book. And like I've started books and not finished them. I'm mm. so bad. I think the problem for me was that since I started reading comics, my attention span has become about like the, the length it takes to read a comic. <laughs> so I start reading a book and about 10 minutes in I'm like oh where's a good stopping point because I can't pay attention anymore <laughs> but I finally finished reading uh, World War Z or World War Z depending on which part of the world you're in by Max Brooks I don't know if you've ever read it I haven't but I've, I've definitely heard of it if you like zombies 
it's probably a good read. <laughs> the thing I liked about it is that because zombies are an in thing at the moment, it's very like there's a lot of it around and it's difficult to find stuff that's like interesting and different. Right. And kind of like weed through the crap. Yeah, but this is sort of it's the book is a collection of interviews and it's sort of set after a sort of mad zombie apocalypse thing. So it's all interviews with people who survived it. And it's it's really interesting because there's a lot of interviews with people who you wouldn't even think about sort of their involvement, if that makes sense. Like, when you see a lot of zombie films, it's either about how the sort of army and the governments deal with the zombie outbreak, or it's about, you know, your average Joe trying to survive the day kind of thing. Whereas this book is, is more about sort of... I mean, there's there's one interview that's with a bloke who was manning a space station at the time that the outbreak occurred. He's, he's, he's done this interview now that he's finally got home, and it's like, well, I had to sit and watch the whole Earth go to shit, basically. And, you'd ne- you know, I would never have even thought of people on space stations. Like, hey. And it's just so clever, really innovative, and it's just... um. But he's obviously, like, took the time to really think about sort of what would happen in a zombie outbreak from, like, every angle from every conceivable angle so it's really good and uh, and it has sort of rekindled my love for actually reading books and i've read two more since <laughs> so right i think that's part been part of my problem is that i haven't really kind of been choosing well what books to read yeah <laughs> like i picked a war I, piece <laughs> i was reading this one book and i can't even remember the name of it right now but I was really, really enjoying it, and it was, like, really fun. And then I just got to, like, this kind of... There's this one female character in the book, and, like, her whole backstory turns out to be about rape. Oh, brilliant. And that, like, God. that was just a total mood killer for me. <laughs> like, it's just... I think the two books that I've read since were terrible choices, because uh, I read Love Remains by Glenn Duncan, who, he's one of my favourite authors, I absolutely love him, but I have no idea why, in every fucking book he writes, there's got to be some sort of massively deviant, horrible, grotesque sex act in there somewhere at least once. Um, So there's, like... Love Remains is the story of this, like, failing relationship. And then something absolutely terrible happens to the woman, and this bloke decides that he needs to, like, run away from it and get punished. So he just kind of throws himself at this woman who uses him as a sex toy. And it's just... <laughs> I got to the end of the book, and I was like, okay, um, what? <laughs> like, what is wrong with you? And then I read One Day. I don't know if you've ever read that, but that's pretty different. No, I haven't, but I, I've heard of it. <sighs> oh, my God, it's so... I'm, I'm so terrible. I sound like the most illiterate asshole, because you keep saying... <laughs> I guess mentioning a book and I'm like I've heard of it (laughs) Uh, the thing is I mean I normally go for stuff like um, Hitchhiker's Guide and you know things that are very sort of comedic and like Glenn Duncan books although he's my favourite author they're like almost the opposite to everything that I would normally read which is why I find it so odd that I tend to like his books so much but one day it's just like here's a really depressing story about a couple that take like 18 years to get together and then one of them dies (laughs) fucking hell my friend recommended it to me and I was like story this doesn't sound even slightly like a book I want to read when I read the blurb and she's like no really it's so brilliant it's just really touching and lovely and you'll just love it and I got to the end and I went boy did you make me read that I'm really sad now <laughs> so I think I need to pick up something light-hearted next I have I have to admit like that was uh, that had been like a really popular book I guess last year the movie came out and it, mm. you know a, a lots of people were talking about that book and um and it was like definitely the sort of thing that I thought you know, that I would read. And then I found out the ending and I was like, I can't read it now because no. you just, I just can't like, I'm fine with reading something that's depressing, but I can't know it before I start reading it. 
Yeah. Like, it's got to suck me in and I have to get engrossed in it yeah. before I know. Because if I know it's going to be depressing, it's like, I don't want to be depressed. I'm not going to read that. <laughs> See, the thing is, now that I know that you know the ending, I don't mind spoiling this bit for you. I was on the bus the other day and I was reading this book and I was coming up to my bus stop and I looked and I thought, right, I've got two pages left. So I thought I can do this. And I was reading through it and it happened to be the chapter at which at the end that, that she dies. <laughs> But the worst thing is, the the actual part where she dies is like a sentence. And it's a really hard... I think... I can't remember exactly what the wording is, but it's something along the lines of, then Emma Mayhew dies, and everything that she felt and thought vanishes and is gone forever. And that's the end of that chat. And I was like, oh my god! (laughs) Did you just stab me in the heart? Thank you, book. (laughs) So depressing. And it doesn't really get any better from there. It's really sad. I can't imagine how it would get better from there. <laughs> well, this is the thing. It's just like, oh, the next couple of chapters are about how her husband can't really deal with this. I'm like, well, obviously, his wife died. She's 38. Fucking hell. <laughs> it's horrible. Don't ever read that book. You'll just cry. <laughs> <laughs> so that's I think, that's um, another thing is that, like, I read almost exclusively in public places. Because I, I mostly read on the train and, you know, in the park on my lunch hour and stuff like that. So I will, I've like read books and I've got to points where it started to get sad. And I'm like, well, I can't finish this now because mm-hmm. I don't want to get emotional in a public place. I, was, I, I, I did burst into tears on the bus the once because I was reading a book. I can't remember what book it was now, but there was a scene where there was like a fire in a house. Two blokes were in there trying to save these other people. And that the two blokes were best friends. And it wasn't the fact that one of them died that upset me. It was the fact that in the next chapter, when the other one sort of was in hospital and came around from like, you know, smoke inhalation and being in a coma for like a couple of days or something. And they said to him, oh, mate, I'm really sorry, but your friend's dead. His reaction to it was like the saddest thing in the world. <laughs> and uh, and I just burst into tears on the bus and people were just looking at me and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm on the bus. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> See, and that's the thing. Like, I'm not even really a crier. I just, I guess I'm so, like, guarded with my emotions and I'm like, I can't, you know. See, I'm, um, I'm terrible because I'm much more likely to cry at, at fiction than I am at real life. Like, if, if I watch a, a true story, like, TV show and somebody dies at the end, I'm like, oh, that's sad, isn't it? If I, read a book, I mean, do you watch House? I used to. I haven't watched it this season. Oh, okay. Because something happened, not in the last episode, but the episode before. And I actually teared up a little bit and then got really panicky because I was like, oh, no, if if what I think is going to happen actually happens, I don't think I can actually watch it. But if I don't watch it, I'll never know. And then I'll always be on edge for the rest of my life. And I got totally upset about it. It was awful. Yeah, but, you know, I'm the same way that I get more emotional. I'll get more emotional about, like, you know, fictional things than real things. But, like, the way I see it is that we know these fictional characters a lot better than we know people, like, on the news. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's a sign of good writing if they can get you to care about somebody so much that if something happens to them that's bad that you get upset. Right. (laughs) I mean, like, House has been on for a long time. Like, obviously you're watching it. If you've been watching it the whole time, you're emotionally invested in those characters. Yeah. You know, otherwise you would have stopped watching. Like, Mm -hmm. I'm so sad that this is the last season. I might just cry at the end anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Although the last episode is called Everybody Dies, so (laughs) I really hope everybody doesn't die. (laughs) (sighs) But I would admire the chutzpah of... (laughs) Yeah, like the whole spill explodes and just... Like on top of them all and you're just like oh everybody did die shit 
I've, I've never seen a show that you know had the balls to end like that well me and rich were talking about house the other day with our friend stoif who watches it as well and we all said that the, the problem with house ending is that you couldn't end it while he still worked at the hospital because there'd be no reason to end it because he you know there'd still be cases and there'd still be stuff going on so to 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 end the series like well to end the show forever you would have to either kill off house himself or you would have to do something to house that would make him stop working at the hospital and then we just kept coming up with these scenarios that we and all of them were horrible so we think this season's going to end really badly <laughs> we can't come up with any nice ending for this show <laughs> brain damage <laughs> i was thinking like is it, something's going to happen to somebody else that'll make him go back on the vicodin and then he'll just od and die or something terrible it's just oh it's awful i am probably going to cry like a baby when it ends anyway <laughs> i think that's quite enough rambling on my behalf i don't know about you if you've got anything else you want to talk about no no i've talked a lot today <laughs> okay is there anything that you want to plug before we leave? um geektress you can find it on there's geektress.com geektress podcast on itunes we've got a, a twitter and a tumblr and a facebook page and all that stuff so if you're interested it's there it's a lot of geektress in the world <laughs> not updated that all that frequently but it's there i'm i'm like i'm terrible at promotion i hate it <laughs> me too i was just about to mention how comic rax is also now on geekress as well and then i thought god how fucking self-aggrandizing <laughs> <laughs> oh actually and on the geekress that we re- last geekress that recorded i mentioned that i was going to be on this podcast or actually brenda because i don't talk about myself brenda mentioned that i was going to be on this podcast and we plugged the podcast and we plugged that you can find comics rex there and oh thanks I'm because we love you <laughs> i am pretty brilliant but thank- <laughs> no <laughs> that was uh that was a total joke <clears throat> <laughs> well i love you guys as well thank you for coming on the show laura it was an absolute thanks for having me it was tons of fun and yeah, if you ever do need me, not that you'd need me, <laughs> some sort of <laughs> some sort of podcast saving. No, we'll just drop that there. <laughs> um, bye, everyone. See you next month. Bye. dream at all i'm hoping that it's because i'm living everything i want i used to wake up in a bed between my mom and aunt playing with this land before time toy from pizza hut my dad works nights putting on a stone face he's saving up so we can get our own place in the projects man that sound fancy to me they call me fat nose my mom said you handsome to me mrs glover ma'am your son is so advanced but he's acting up in class and he keeps being in his pants and i just want to fit in but nobody was helping me out they talking hood shit and i ain't know what that was about because hood shit and black shit is super different so i'm talking hood shit and cooling out like new edition mom and dad wouldn't listen they left the bronx so i wouldn't be that all their friends in ny deal crack it's weird You think that they'd be proud of them. But when you leave the hood, they think that you look down on them. The truth is we still struggle on a different plane. $7 an hour, WIC vouchers, it's all the same. Facebook messaging, hoping that can patch up shit. But all they get now is, can your son read this script?
It of course would be much better if I could just gain the power of flight somehow. <laughs> and not need a plane. <laughs> just gonna have to hope for some sort of freak gamma radiation accident. <laughs> That's how I'm told these things work. <laughs> I think anybody has ever been like irradiated by something and gained any power other than death. <laughs> because... No, I think it's pretty, pretty much just been death. 